Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The widest runner is Smooth Buzz, dropping out 10 gallon. Hazard is watching Speedy Sport, our Uncle Nev, but he releases the brakes here on Petrarca and Petrarca goes for home. Petrarca, this little speed demon from Melbourne, is all over a winner. Petrarca too good. Yeah, that was the horse that was well talked about going into that Bathurst meeting last week and a short price favourite, Chris, on the weekend, even though an awkward draw. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. He's gone up at $2 with tab fixed odds for Friday night's Group 1 final. What do you think about that price, Chris? Draw. I think it's fair because I think the draw potentially could be a little tricky. It's not easy. He's got a couple of emergencies, so he's going to move in a couple of spots. So, he could easily end up either inside of the second row or, or two off the second row, depending on what comes out of that final. But, look, uh, he's going to be better for the experience, but he looks a precocious type, beautifully bred. He's in the right stable and he's got a good drive. We're going to talk with Nathan Jack tomorrow about Petrarca, plus a few others. He's got Just Hope as his main drive in that three-year-old Phillies final. She's a New South Wales Oaks winner and she's headed to Queensland for the, uh, the Tab Constellations in July. So... A lot to talk about with Nathan Jack. That's tomorrow. But, no, I think that's a, a fair price. I think there was a few other horses that won their heats that were impressive. Tardelli, Queensland-owned Tardelli. Ricky Alchin, the trainer of Tardelli, is going to join us tomorrow as well. He's at 4.40. He went the quickest time in the heats last week. So he's going to be well-respected. And then you've got others like Better Be the Best and Our Sunset Delight. So... I think it's going to be a very entertaining final. I think it's going to be a good night's racing, in fact, Steve. I think the two-year-old fillies looks fairly open and uh, those three-year-old finals are going to be keenly contested. But, Steve, we're here at Albion Park today. We've got the workouts taking place. Cat King Cole just went around in a workout and it looks like she won. We're just uh, back a little bit from the winning post, but uh, it's great to see Cat King Cole. That's her first official sort of hit out since she last raced back in August last year. She was the two-year-old filly of the year last season. So she's here this morning. Uh, there's been a number of other ones that have gone around in workouts. Juddy Douglas beat big wheels. But at this stage, uh, the, the track seems like it's really good. What about uh, the power? pushing on the track. Power's still out here, Steve. They've got generators. Uh, but basically, it's just uh, uh, bare necessities here at Albion Park at the moment. And, you know, we're hearing that there's a possibility that we could have a meeting here next Friday. That's yet to be confirmed, but there's, you know, strong possibilities that a meeting could be staged, obviously during the daytime because the lights are still out of action, but uh, that's what they're hoping for. That's what the club want to do. They want to return to racing on Friday week, and uh, if that's possible, we should know that. Uh, we'll certainly know more after today, but uh, as far as the power issue is concerned, that's still a major problem, but they are expecting power to return to the, uh, the, the the creek building tomorrow. That will also generate power for the, the judge's tower, the broadcast box, and the stable. So that's expected to be turned back on tomorrow. So things will start to move along fairly quickly, but they are hopeful of returning to racing on Friday week. And with that, they're going to make that the Metro card of the week as well. Normally, Saturday night's our Metro card of racing. But if they return to racing next Friday afternoon, that will be the Metro card of the week. And then the Saturday night meeting will become a, a country class mm. event. So that's the plan at this stage. They've still got to tick off a few boxes, obviously, between now and then. But uh, having this workout uh, session staged here today uh, is, a, is a good step in the road to recovery for Albion mm. Park harness racing because... 
We've been out of action for a number of weeks due to that flooding, but uh, if we can get back to racing at our metro venue, I think that's uh, a good thing for everyone, not only participants, but uh, for punters as well. So Reckliff and Marburg have been shouldering the load over the past couple of weeks, but uh, Albion Park, good inroads being made here this morning mm. with this little workout session. One thing that came from that chat you had with Scott Steele recently, and I was quite astounded. I, I can't remember what he said. You probably remember it when he was saying, you know, if they built you a new broadcast box or whatever, how far they'd have to go down yeah. to get terra firma, so to speak, solid ground. How, do you remember how far down you had to go there at the creek? 26 metres, he 26 said. 26 metres. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. That's incredible. It is, yeah. isn't it? It's a hell of a long yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and just looking out at the venue here as I stand, I'm standing up on the Creek Bar balcony uh, up near the stables right now. Uh, the, the track itself and the grounds look fantastic. There's still a lot of work being carried out with the Greyhound track. They look like they're probably a little further behind compared to the Harness track. There's still a lot of work being carried out with the Greyhound track. But the grounds itself overall look really good. There's still a lot of work to be carried out. There's still a lot of cleanup being done as we speak. But uh, the track itself, uh, the stables, they're terrific. As Scott outlined last week, they've been cleaned, disinfected, gurney down, repainted. So it looks terrific down there. And uh, just having a good look around, everything's starting to return to some sort of normality. So that's a good sign going forward. Oh, excellent. Did Tony Turbin drive on the track? He's with us. Well, he didn't drive on the track, but he's been driving on the track with all the machinery because he's the man that's at the controls here of Albion Park as far as the track is concerned. He's the main track curator, and he joins us now. Tony, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, you've been working overtime, big, big days, big hours. Uh, at this stage, we've had a few workouts so far. Are you pleased with the way it's come, come up? Yeah, the track's pretty good, Chris. Um, you know, it always takes a little time to settle down. Uh, do you know uh, one of the gentlemen upstairs timed one before and said they got home in 27 and a bit. So, you know, all signs are good with the track. We've got another, hopefully only another week to get it to settle and we'll be right to go. Was it easier bringing the track back up this time compared to other times that you've had remedial works carried out on the track? No, because the um, floods actually got into the base. So we had to uh, patch the base up in places where before we'd just take the surface off and resurface, so it took a little bit longer, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. Okay, Ian Gurney plays a big role in, in making sure that the track's A1 here at Albion Park. He's here this morning. Uh, does, does he look happy? Does he look satisfied? Yeah, no, he's happy with the way it come up. He uh, wasn't sure at first, but um, yeah, after he'd sent a couple of horses around in the, in the trials, he's been uh, real happy with it, yeah. One thing that stands out, just sitting up here on the balcony at the moment and watching these workouts, uh, you really can't hear them. It, it sounds like it's very soft and there's a really good cushion there. Yeah, well, we did. We have watered and rolled a fair, a fair bit, but um, we just given a little tickle with the conditioner yesterday and it just puffed right up. So, yeah, no, it's really good, the surface. What are you expecting to happen after you complete this workout session today? You, you, you're hoping for a return to racing next Friday afternoon. Will you have to do a great deal between now and then? No, no, we'll just sort of um, water it, Chris, and, and roll it, compact it down again and sort of leave it settle. I think we've got rain at the end of the week coming, which will help, help settle the track down. So, um, And then next, probably by Tuesday next week, we'll start to work on it to get ready for the hopefully return to racing Friday. OK. Just looking at the Greyhound track, uh, they've still got a fair bit of work to do, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, the boys, um, it's been really good, actually. Like, we've helped them, they've helped us. It's been a, a real combined effort here, but... Um, 
I think the boys were telling me yesterday that next Thursday before they start to lay their track. So, yeah, they're a little way behind us, but, yeah, not too far. Okay. And and just looking out at the whole grounds overall, uh, it, it has come up really well. I know there's been a lot of work carried out, but just looking at the track and, and the surrounding areas, it, it does look really good. Yeah, no, it's come up really good. Like, you know, we had a, a fair bit of participation, uh, participant help, sorry, Earlier on, painting the stables, uh, so I think three jockeys turned up and gave us a hand for a couple of days. So, you know, as I said, we've just all worked in together. It's about getting back to racing and not who gets back first. Just We just all want to get back to normal and, yeah. Just looking at some of the vision when, when the floods took place, uh, there was some good vision here of Albion Park and you were right in the thick of things, walking around in, in, in waist-deep water. Were you surprised how much water was here at Albion Park? Yeah, I couldn't believe it, to tell you the truth, Chris. Like, you know, you get here, you have a look around on that, and you think, oh, yeah, we're underwater. But, you know, it sort of it took me back a bit, actually. Like, once I had a good look at it, I thought, geez, there's a lot of work to be done here once this goes. You were around during the 74 floods, and we've had floods over the last 10 years or so now, but the volume of water, it, it, does that outweigh the 74 floods? Um, I was only four when it was 74 floods, so I don't I remember them, but I don't really remember them. But um, they, I wasn't actually here working at Albion Park in the 11 floods, but they tell me three days and they were back to normal. Well, this has been you know, 10 times worse than the 11 floods. So. And a lot of equipment has been lost due, due to the flooding as well. Not only your equipment uh, over in the, the shed, over in the back straight, uh, mowers, all that sort of stuff, but... Even mobiles were lost because they were parked down in the stables, so they've gone underwater as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I come in on the Sunday morning, I think it was, and I thought I'll come in and move stuff to higher ground before it gets too bad, but I was too late. By the time I walked into the stables, I was nearly up to chest height. So that was sort of, you know, up halfway up the windows of the mobiles on that. So we've lost both of them. Um, a little work we lost, but we're fairly lucky over the back. We had the, the trucks and tractors and that up on higher ground, so... They were spared. What happened to the ambulance, Tony? Oh, no, she went under, mate. <laughs> yeah, thought it did. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, I think I sent a, a bit of vision through to Chris. I was driving the tractor behind his broadcast box behind the ambulance and I big tractors and it was up over the wheels, you know, the water. So, yeah, no, it lost the ambulance. But it is My amazing. broadcast tower, yeah. it stood tall. Heritage listed your broadcast tower, Chris. <laughs> Never moves. Even though you're sure it hasn't dropped a little bit in the mud at all? No, mate, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 it's as good as gold. But that's incredible what Scott was telling Chris, to be in a long way down over 20 metres to find really solid footing there at Albion Park. Yeah, well, Steve, it's, you know, you talk to the Greyhound boys and, like, we're on a floodplain here, so we get king tides and that. The Greyhound boys tell me when there's a king tide, they usually break track records. And we find when we do our track with a conditioner, we could change it two or three times a race meeting because the track's moved. Wow. There you go. There you go. Uh, just moving forward, uh, and, and this is the obvious question. Steve touched on it with me just before. Power. Is there any sort of indication when, when it's going to be restored? Yeah, I was just talking to Steve Shivlock from Racing Queensland before. I just had to open another little uh, building up here for the electricians to get into. We've got a big generator just out behind me here. And if they get in there and the power box is fine in there... They're hoping to fire that up this afternoon, which will give us power to the creek bar and broadcast box and, and, and that area. So hopefully by this afternoon we'll know that much at least anyway. Okay, so are you confident that we could 
stage a race meeting next Friday afternoon? As long as we've got power for yourself, Chris, and the timing, uh, we can run everything else out of the creek bar, like obviously the steward's room, driver's room, everything went underwater, so it'll just temporarily be moved up to the creek bar. Uh, we shouldn't have an issue, yeah. Okay. Well, so far, so good. So it's a, it's a pleasing return today by the look of it. Uh, we're just in the middle of a, a few workouts. They're back out on the track with the machinery, the water trucks and the, the conditioners, and uh, everything looks good. But just in those few heats that we've had so far, uh, the, the feedback seems like it's really positive. Yeah, no, no, everyone seems happy. We're happy to have horses back here, Chris. We're pretty much over the clean-up. Uh, I was happy to hear the first horse clipping through the stable. So, yeah, no, it'd be good to get back. Excellent. Really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, congratulations with the job that you've done, and hopefully we are back racing here next Friday afternoon. Thanks, Chris. Here's Tony Turpin, track curator here of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club, and we're here live at Albion Park this morning, Steve, and uh, the workouts continue. They're just... Uh, in between a few workouts at the moment, but uh, it looks good. So mm. uh, hopefully it's um, onwards and upwards, and we will we will return to racing here next Friday afternoon. I just spotted Darren Clayton walking past, so he's made his uh, way down to Albion Park today to have a look at a few of these heats, and he's about to join us online now. Darren, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Good to be here to check out what this sausage sizzle is all about. Yeah, but so far so good. We've just spoken with Tony Turpin, the track curator, and. Uh, Everything looks good, and uh, there's some nice horses stepping out and looking at it. Uh, the times are, are really strong as well. Yeah, I'll put a clock on a couple of them just to just from where I'm sitting, which is a little bit of a tricky angle, but no, the times seem to be pretty good. But um, I'll tell you the one thing we notice is just how quiet it appears to be. Just the, There must be a really good cushion there because you can't hear the horses going over it. And, and the other part of that is normally when it's a, a little bit harder to you hear the the squeaks and the and the bumps when the when the sulkies go over them and, and even they uh, appear to be much quieter. So um, yeah, it's all looking good here. It's just those um, little little things with the power and and what have you. But uh, track wise and the facilities all looking pretty pretty tip top. Mm. Brittany Graham will join us very shortly, and she drove in that first workout, and uh, she was able to win. So I'll be fascinated to see what sort of report we get from Brittany when she joins us later. Your job at hand is to find a few winners for tonight at Reckless. So where do we find your best bet? We've got eight races starting just after five. Yeah, we'll go to race six. I thought the, the first four races, they've, they've all got odds on favourites in them. So we'll, we'll go back to later in the card. And uh, probably a little bit ironic with Albion Park's issues that my best comes up race six, feeling the power. Um, he's been good to us, this guy, the last couple of weeks. He's got two wins in his past three starts. He finds a race no harder again. And, Although he's drawn wide out in gate six, I think he can find the right position to, to finish over the top of them. And um, David Millard, sorry, uh, Andrew Millard, uh, being in good form with this guy, two wins. He got a double the other week, so I can't see why feeling the power. Race six, number six, can't win this one again. Okay, currently 240 with tab fixed price. That starts the tab triple, so we can go skinny there. That's your best bet. Does anything else take your fancy tonight? Yeah, I thought uh, in the in the next leg of the quarter race seven, I thought Gabby's ideal gets a, a good opportunity here. Um, she was a, a good winner last time out. Uh, good margin she put on them in that race. Finds a race here where there should be a good bit of front line pressure, good bit of speed down there drawn in tight on the front line there. 
she gets the right trip through and I think there's no reason why she can't win again. So race seven, number eight, Gabby's ideal. But also just with those shorties, I think we can attack those first couple of races pretty hard tonight, Chris. Um, if anyone's sort of looking for a bit of multi-action there, my Furioso Toro looks tough to beat in gate one, looks the leader hard to run down and Bonnie's a rockin'. Similar scenario, race two. So um, those early races play hard with the short prices and then we'll just try and get a little bit of a price later in the card. Okay, we might even take a big multi, a four-leg multi, races one, two, six, and seven. So me, Furioso, Turo, uh, Bonnie's a rockin', and then we go into feeling the power, and then Gabby's ideal and might be able to get a result that way. Uh, speaking of odds-on favourites, there was a few yesterday. Yeah, it certainly was, and um, they, were all, they were all able to get the job done mostly, and... I don't think one went under, did it? But, um, yeah, it was. It looked a day for it, and, and a day it was. There's a couple of nice performances yesterday. Speak the truth. He, he was mighty impressive first up. So good to see him back on track from that uh, triad runners-up position that he was in last time, and, and he's returned with a bang. Some moment somewhere, another impressive performance, as was Saginaw. So um, plenty, plenty of good performances coming out of Redcliffe yesterday. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Steve outlined it was either going to be a feast or a famine for uh, punters yesterday, and it turned out to be a feast. So hopefully everyone's cashed up for tonight's meeting. Throw some numbers at me for the quaddy tonight. The main quaddy races five, six, seven, and eight. Yeah, so that first leg, I thought Little D was a good chance here. Number five, um, a winner from this same gate, four runs back. This is no no harder, and she should be able to find a position. Also throwing in number eight, Regrettable. Probably been below her best at past couple, but she'd won three in the bounce prior to that, so she's going to be right in the thick of it. Um, so five and eight. The second leg, happy to go one out here with Feeling the Power, my best bet. I think he wins. If there is a danger, it's probably number five, Tulhurst Lover, but Feeling the Power is the one. The third leg, Gabby's Ideal. Again, happy to go one out with her. Um, I think she gets every advantage in the in the run here to finish over the top of them. Any dangers, they're probably number one, Cobbler Lane, and two, be on the sly. And in the last leg, I thought this was a, a case of um, two two opportunities here. Number one, Candy Cane. I was keen on her last week to run a, if she was able to run a race behind Betty's Gold Class, but she was on debut there. Just um, it was a good learning experience for her. And Mickey's, you're so fine. He's drawn inside the second line here, so he's going to be right in the thick of it. So we'll go one and seven to bring it home. A playing tonight, very skinny and attacking the uh, attacking the action pretty hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, skinny, all right. Four dollars the grand total for 100% of the dividend. Five and eight into six into eight into one and seven. So we don't have to spend much there for that quaddy tonight at Redcliffe. And just on this session here this morning, Darren, a couple of nice horses. Cat King Cole stepped out. Uh, Majestic Harry, I'm sure that was him in that first heat that went around. They're out on the track here for another heat. It looks like a mommy's going to step out in this heat for Gemma Hewitt. He's a, a richly talented type. And as I mentioned earlier, Juddy Douglas and Big Wheels, Pelosi, they all went around. So nice to see some quality horsepower at this workout session this morning. Yeah, it certainly is. We've, um, we saw Majestic Harry. He stepped straight to the front from in, in that standing start trial and, and never gives a sight to anything else. Then we saw Juddy Douglas lead over the 2100, probably better suited at the mile, but he was pretty good over the longer trip and held off big wheels who had to sit on him. We saw Cat King Cole. She sat on the back of Delightful Lou and just run him down over the closing stages. They didn't go too hard in that one. Um, but yeah, Amami, he's a flashy type. He's a nice looking customer.
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Darren, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again on Friday. We'll get your thoughts for the big 11 race program at Rearcliffe, and I'll also get your thoughts for that big night coming through in your hometown of Bathurst as well on Friday morning. Yeah, I wish I could be there, but uh, we'll get there next year, maybe. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. There's Darren Clayton joining us. Let's go straight to Brittany Graham, who's been at this workout session this morning, and she went around in that opening heat. That Who's was not there? Start heat. Well, it's a good question, Steve. There's a lot of people here this morning, and it's good to see that, uh, you know, the participants are getting behind the club and, uh, you know, having a, a good workout here at the track this morning. The Garrards are here, Darren and Angus. They've got a number of horses stepping out. So number of trainers here this morning. But Brittany Graham, she can give us the good oil on how the track feels, how it plays, because she was in front rolling along in that first workout session, and she joins us now. Brittany, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Is it a thumbs up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, really happy with how the track played this morning. Obviously, our trial was the the first trial on the surface, so we had the uh, the fresh deck to play with. But uh, as is always the case, probably a little looser than we're used to, a, a little bit softer whilst the, the track sort of consolidates and um, there's nothing like getting a, a few horses stomping on it to, to get it to settle a little bit better and, yeah, you know, just consolidate, as I said. But, um, no, really happy with it. Well, it's probably a little softer up the track. So down near the pegs where I was, uh, it seemed A-OK. And obviously there's nothing like a trotter to tell you if there's something wrong with the track. And my trotter seemed OK. So, no, really happy with it. And um, I think it'll probably be quite nice for those older horses now that it's got that little bit more cushion on it. Uh, it'll be better on their older legs. Well, I spoke with Tony Turbin at the start of this uh, show this morning, the track curator, and that was the first thing I, I put to him was you, you can hardly hear the horses as they jog past. It it sounds like it's got that real cushion about it. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was great, and, and particularly for a workout sense, I guess, you don't want the track to be too hard and fast, and that's probably one thing that over the last six weeks, eight weeks or so, because of, there's been so much rain around, the tracks had to be compacted and there hasn't really been any room for, you know, fluffiness at the top because as soon as it rains, it sort of turns to slop. So it's been, even when it's been wet, it's been quite hard underfoot. So uh, it's given them a real opportunity to, to fluff it up and, and have it nice and soft on top and uh, have that good little bit of cushion underneath as well. So who knows? Nobody wanted it to happen, but maybe it has been a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Well, they are hoping to return to racing here on Friday week. Uh, that's a Friday afternoon meeting. Tony Turbin outlined that he expects the track to come on after this uh, good hit out today with the horses on it. So uh, you're in front with Little Majestic Harry. He's ticking over because he's qualified for that Jim McNeil final. And he looked pretty sharp out there. He looked good, actually, the way he hit the line. Yeah, I have to see if Darren Clayton had his clock on because I forgot to bring mm. one and I looked up at the semaphore board with a lap to go and realised that there's no semaphore <laughs> board, obviously. So, um, no, but he, he was he was pretty good. It's been a bit tricky. Um, he didn't love Redcliffe last week, so sort of made a conscious decision that we won't be heading back there. So we've just sort of had to tick him over at home and um, he's, a, he's a little fatty. So I really needed to get a decent hit out into him in case next weekend is, is when those races will be run. So... No, he stepped well, he trotted well, um, he seemed pretty sharp as well. So uh, hopefully that's enough. And yeah, I'll see if I can do some digging to find out how quickly we went. Well, you're probably chasing uh, or barking up the right tree because I know Darren's been clocking a few. He had the clock on uh, Cat King Cole before. And that's the other thing. The times look like they've been pretty strong. He did outline that uh, the heat that had big wheels and Juddy Douglas was fast. So uh, they are running some times. Yeah, well, I, I think when it comes to these horses 
Um, it's not necessarily... A, a, I think um, a lot of the mindset is to have tracks really hard, but we probably saw it during the Miracle Mile Carnival on that, that part of racing before uh, the big one when they had a lot of rain. Uh, it actually wasn't a bad thing that there was a little bit of top on the track because it, it's just better for the horses' joints and, and, and the light to not have rock-hard tracks. So I don't think it'll be a bad thing, and it would surprise me if there was a, a big disparity in times anyway. Mm, that, that seems like it's a really fine line, that balancing act. Don't have it too hard, but you've got to provide cushion for the horses as well. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I've learned from, from the best dads a bit of a track tracker fiend he, he loves getting on on the track at home and, and figuring it out and we're going sort of through our through our own learning stages at the moment but uh, i'd always rather it to be a little bit softer than hard put it that way okay well big thumbs up from you so far with this workout session this morning let's just talk about bathurst quickly for friday night with those big finals petrarca's got to overcome a second row draw he's two dollars currently with tab fixed is he good enough to win Oh, definitely from what we've seen so far. But but then again, we haven't seen a lot of him, have we? So it is hard to, to get a line on just how good he is. He's burned up a really good last half in a trial and then he was able to leave. And probably what impressed me about his heat performance was how professional he seemed. He, he had to do a little bit of work to find the front and then Nathan Jack was just able to switch him off and he idled down the back straight really softly before sprinting home so it's a tricky draw though the inside of the second row and Nathan has I guess a decision to make whether he, he tries to, to take the, the shortest way home or whether he goes back and around and, and comes to the outside. Uh, Nathan's returning great form and I've no doubt that he'll get him into open space when need be but then again for a two-year-old that's only had sort of experience out in front uh, it can take a little bit for them to get used to, to working through all spheres so maybe he doesn't want to, to leave that chance but I like one at a price in the gold crown. I really like the performance of Sweetheart Bart in the in the heat. Uh, he made a mistake on debut at Newcastle, but he had excuses. And then I just love the way he savaged the line behind Tardelli. He was held up on the turn, and his sectionals were excellent. So he's come up with the ace gate, and uh, I think he went up at around 26. He might be into $10 now, but I still think he's the each-way play in the race. I love Tardelli as a horse, but I think he's still got a lot to learn. He's just not running through the line. Uh, just yet, and in these big races, they'll be coming at him from everywhere. Petrarca obviously has those few issues to overcome, and I like how, how Sunset Delight is a horse as well, but uh, yeah, I just thought Sweetheart Bart from the inside alley should get every opportunity. Okay, $10 currently with Tab, and as far as the Phillies final is concerned, clear favourite here, it's another key drive, Nathan Jack, we'll speak with Nathan tomorrow, Treasure Stride, 155, do you expect her to win that Phillies final? Yeah, I've got her on top in my selections, but I don't think I could come into a dollar fifty-five about her in a Group One at only a second start. There's a bit of speed to her inside, and Dual Melody was fantastic in her heat performance. I know that the the barrier draw isn't kind, but she went significantly quicker. She can do some work, and uh, I spoke to Bernie Hewitt this morning, and he's absolutely wrapped with her and her work since then. So I'm with Treasure Stride, and she looks the obvious because of the barrier draw, but uh, I still think she's far too short at this stage. Okay, so treasure stride for you, but uh, pretty pretty rock bottom odds there, 155 currently. Hey, Brittany, really appreciate the time and insight with that track this morning as well. It's uh, it's good to see so many people back here at Albion Park and uh, so many participants uh, making full opportunity to give their horses a hit out this morning. So hopefully we will return to racing here on Friday week. Fingers crossed.